welcome to the Spread a Safe and Loving Space, where we get to express our sexuality with absolutely no judgment. This is season three, and I'm your host, Kaz. Today's episode features Magic Dyke, a drag king performer currently living in the United States, but whose roots are deeply planted in Kenya. I met them on Instagram and was completely blown away by their style, their energy, but more so that they decided to take this big step in their lives and become a drag king. Do you even know what that is? Stay tuned to find out. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And just so you can get notifications every time there's a new episode out. If you're listening from an Apple device, you just need to ask Siri to help you find us. It's so simple. You just need to be like, yo, Siri, play the spread podcast. Or you could even be more specific and be like, yo, Siri, why don't you play the most recent episode of the spread podcast with Magic Dyke? And Bob's your uncle. If you're on Apple Podcasts right now, please leave us a review. Please, like, please just go on to the reviews, click on the five stars, say something really cute to us. And this is how we stay at the top of our game. It means so much to us. Okay, let's get on with it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um see where to begin i am a 25 year old kenyan drag king yeah i live in the u.s but i claim my very uh, strong cultural roots so that's pretty much like the overall basic magic dyke but when you get into like the depth of me it's like i am genderqueer pansexual very open proud human being i base a lot of my art on my self-expression really trying to celebrate who I am as a person and trying to reclaim things that were very hidden for a very long time. So it's more so the past two years has been a lot of stepping into myself, coming into my own truth and really finding myself. Where were you born? Uh, Nairobi. For real? Uh-huh. So like, what was your transition? Like what, how did you end up living in DC or how did you end up moving to the US? My parents won a green card. Oh, wow. Visa. I don't know the exact process, but they won a visa green card. We came here in 2004. And then after like about in 2012, that's when we did the whole naturalization process to become citizens. And then I've been here ever since. We come back every now, every now and then for like big events, like funerals, weddings. Yeah. Major. Yeah. How many um, children did your parents have? Two. It's like me and my little sister. Oh, you're the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's it been like uh, for you? Was there ever a coming out story with your parents and your family and your friends? And what was that like, if so? Um, there's no like particular point of like transition as far as like me being like, hey, everyone, I am, you know insert random sexuality it was more so i started dressing 
in the clothes that made me feel comfortable. I started, you know, I cut my hair like back in high school. I went through this phase of like really trying to outwardly express things that I felt for a long time. And that little like few months of like, oh, you know, Faith is acting different. They kind of put two and two together. It's, it, there was never a moment where I was like, everyone come sit down. Let me tell you about my life now. Over so turkey dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was pretty much my coming out story. I just started dressing like myself, being myself, and just living my my truth. What was your family's response? Typical African family response, where it's like, oh, the church is spreading rumors, asking, is Faith gay? Is your daughter gay? Like, What's wrong with your daughter? Why is she dressing like a boy? Why does she want to be a man? And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> whatever narrative you, you place above me, I'm here for it, because I, I just, you know, I didn't put too much energy into trying to fight people's stories and rumors and my parents themselves they were not happy my mom was like you know why are you bringing such shame to the family why are you doing all these things just put on a dress just leave your hair long like how you've had it all your life it was a lot of pushback and rejection for like a few years and then eventually they kind of accepted it on their own terms what was that like like having to deal with that for for a few years. And the reason I'm asking is because there's so many people who are going through these um, situations and like transitioning into being whoever they want to be and are in that three year phase that you spoke that you've spoken about. And I wonder if there's if there's a way that you can express what it was like for you in that space, but also coming out of that space or just like knowing that things are going to get better. Um, that few years was a lot of self-isolation. It was a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety surrounding, you know, myself. There was a lot of pain, like traumatic, you know, feeling like the very definition of who you are, like as far as your family, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Feeling your family's rejection. There's no other pain than that, you know, as a young person the people that you've been with all your life telling you that there's something wrong with you, that who you are as a person is not okay. You know, there's a lot of internal turmoil. And even though looking back in like retrospect, I kind of like brush over it. Like, yeah, it was, it happened. My parents didn't like it. There's a lot of pain rooted in that. And there was a lot of self-isolation during those years. A lot of me hating myself, me questioning my entire being. And I'm like, okay, if this is so wrong, why am I still doing it? Like, why do I still feel these things? And that whole, going back and forth with your conscious, your inner self, trying to figure out who you are and how you belong into this world. When your first, the first layer of who you are is like, nope, there's something wrong. And then the world itself, there's other problems where you step out into the world and people are like, nah, this is not how you're supposed to be. This is not natural. This is this, that, 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 you know, all the things that you have to combat on the outside and then all the things that you combat on the inside, you know, going through years doing that is emotionally exhausting but then I came to a point where I was like I don't like feeling as depressed as I am I don't like feeling this self-hatred so I had to really take it upon myself to find ways to climb out of that and for me that was really sitting down with myself checking my mental health really addressing issues that were unspoken of at the time you know we don't as black families we don't talk about mental health issues we don't address the big elephants in the room, we just kind of brush over everything and put on a face for the world. But I got to a point where I was like, this doesn't feel right. I don't feel like myself. 
I don't like the person I see in the mirror. So it's like, how do I fall in love with this person? And there was just a lot of me coming to terms with myself, accepting myself, loving myself, and everything that I was looking for in the world, I have to give it to myself. Do you find that um, you still constantly have to unlearn certain things and like get rid of like this guilt that we've been raised with do you sometimes feel like it's still a process and it still comes shooting to the surface absolutely you know it's been like 24 years of conditioning you know there is a lot that is so embedded in us that it's just like i feel like we're going to deal with it for the rest of our lives like these narratives that are so so strong especially as africans it's like certain things are just like beat into you literally beat into you like certain ideologies certain beliefs are so ingrained in like who you are as a person that you just spend your whole life trying to undo what you can undo i don't know if that makes sense but i'm still in the process sorry i'm still in the process of unlearning a whole lot and that's like i feel like a lifelong journey yeah, I can understand that. Um, have you gotten any responses from like followers in Kenya, like reaching out to you both positive and negative? And what's that been like? I have had, like, I found out about the spread pod through yes. one of my followers. <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, really going through it, like internally, like having a lot of the things that I go through, I express online, because I feel like transparency for me it's important as a queer person of color there's a lot of narratives that we kind of just hide and i was like i'm tired of hiding my battles there's so many other people going through the same things and we find power in making ourselves vulnerable so there was a time that i was sharing about how scared i am of going back home like i was like i'm terrified i don't know if i'm gonna get to the airport and get stoned to death like upon walking through like jomo kenyatta airport like i was like this is my reality it's like i had no idea that there was a kenyan queer culture until someone reached out and she was like, hey, I saw your story and I just want you to know that there's a thriving community back home. And I was like, where? And she showed me, she showed me like Instagram and she sent me all these things. And she's like, we just had a pride like last, uh, like a few years ago or whatever. And she sent me pictures of like Maasai warriors holding signs saying that we accept the LGBT. And I was literally crying. Like I was like, okay, all right. This is, this is a lot of overwhelming emotion of like, oh, there's a space for me here. Like. I don't, you know, even though I might still get beat up, it's like, there's still like a community out there. And it's so comforting to see that. And it's, when I found out about your page, I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) There is a kinky, queer, positive, like sex community out here. Mm It's like, where have I been hiding? What? All these like aha moments. I was like, there's a space for me in Kenya. They have like gender positive, you know, affirming, safe spaces and to me that's like the most special most beautiful thing ever yeah now i forgot the question i'm like so all over again. <laughs> what was the question i was actually asking what kind of responses you've been receiving from kenyans um anything negative when i made some tweets about the repeal 162 that's when i started getting the random people like oh look at this person it was a lot of like I usually delete and block instantly because I try not to give my attention or any energy to them. But there was a lot of people saying, this is a natural, the usual narrative that everyone Mm. disputes. 
look at this person because a lot of my social media has like my beards and titties like that's who I am as a person and I just mm. showcase that to the world knowing that there are a lot of people who see me and feel the disgust feel the hatred and just it comes spilling out like they just can't contain it so there was a lot of people that were like this is not what Kenya is about these western ideologies you know you people are the reason why blah 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 and it's like that's why you're in America I was like oh delete block delete block, yeah I mean, there's a lot of that. There's a lot more of that than there is like all the beautiful positive stories. But I must say that um, there's been a lot of growth. There's been so much growth with people wanting to learn, people being open to dif- to diversity, um, a lot more now than before. And just like not necessarily people who are um, queer, but like uh, people who are willing to learn and people who are willing to be open to diverse sexualities. There's a lot more of that now. And I think it's because generally people are willing to learn. So they're open to learning. And I think once you open up yourself to learning whatever it is, and then you can pick and choose what you want to take and what you don't want to take, then it makes, it makes, it creates a space for them to just to be open to love and to understand that being queer is being love. I'm really sorry that you had to go through all of that negative shit. And yeah, I'm really sorry that you have to go, like that you were going through that fear of coming back home because uh, it is hard for a lot of people, that's for sure. But there are so many beautiful spaces. There's so much safety now, like actual safety for queer people. So it's really wonderful. Um, And so I'm happy to come and walk you through the doors of Jomo Kenyatta International Airport when you arrive, just to let you know that it is okay. So let me know the day that you arrive and I will be there. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. can I ask what your pronouns are? When I'm in drag, I use he, him. But like outside of drag, all pronouns are fine with me. Okay. And that's, uh, can we discuss pronouns? What, what was that like for you um, coming into your pronouns? It was very, it's like I still go through the internal questions. I'm like, hmm, do I use they, them? Because I feel like I'm such a gender fluid, like expansive person. Am I okay with? you know, she, her, you know, do I use he, him? Like coming into that is more so kind of like goes back to the coming out story where it's like, you're trying to find your truth. You're trying to find what it is that resonates with you. And for me, it's my gender experience is so just broad. And I feel like I'm just constantly floating from one end of the spectrum to the other. And sometimes it's like, there is no spectrum. So it's like being okay with all pronouns to me, it's reclaiming my, like all parts of myself. Mm. Sometimes I'm extremely feminine and I'm like, she, her feels like, it feels like home. Sometimes I'm all bearded out, I'm thugging it out and he, him feels right. And sometimes I'm like, they, them feels right. Cause I don't have a certain, you know, certain place that I want to be placed in that day. So it's, it's still in the process, still coming into my truth, still trying to find myself, still trying to give myself, you know, give myself the space to explore. But as far as my journey today, all of them, I'm like, all of them feel good to me. So I stick I with see. that. I like that. Thank you. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about your journey into drag and why drag? And what is a drag king for people who don't know? 
um, a drag king generally is a female body person who dresses up as a man and the word basically drag is a play on gender it's everyone's definitions is different some people are non-binary and they just do over-the-top makeup some people do realistic makeup where it's like they want to be as feminine as as possible or whatever fem femininity looks like to them so drag is a play on gender it's outward expression of who you are how you see the world whatever message you're trying to put through with your art it's just like any other art form it's just open for interpretation and me in my journey basically my journey started way back in 2016 when i was in my therapist chair talking about how self-isolated i am how much i don't like being alive and all these things and she was looking at me and she was like have you tried just like going out and experiencing the world in a way that's affirming to you? And I was like, no, I spent all my time in my room upset about something. <clears throat> she was like, there's this app, the meetup app. You just type in a few things that you are interested in and then it gives you events in your area. So I was like, okay, cool. I went home, I downloaded the app. I was like, okay, I set the settings to like photography, LGBT, like things that were of interest to me. And I was like, I'm gonna try it out. And then one day I got an email for a dragging show and I was like, What's a drag king? And then I was like, okay, this is a challenge for you. You have to go out, go sit in this bar by yourself. As an introvert, that's a whole big challenge, walking out into the world by yourself, sitting in a loud, crowded area by yourself. I was like terrified, anxious mess, but I was like, I wanna grow, so this is what I have to do. So I went out to the bar, sat down, watched like the most amazing show ever, saw the drag kings come out and I was like, holy shit, I am in love, like this is, spectacular display of freedom. I'm, I'm looking at like these people just like on stage lip syncing, dancing, doing all these things that I do in my room. And I was like, I could do this. It's like, I don't know how, but I was like, I could do this one day. And then I talked to the people afterwards about joining like their, their production. And then they were like, oh, just come to a rehearsal, see what we do. And then that was pretty much it. I came to a rehearsal and I was like, all right, cool. I'm in this. How long ago was that? How many years ago? 2017 is when I started. Oh, so like three years ago. Mm -hmm. Look at you all on stage. If you guys aren't following um, Magic Dyke, all of the details are in the description box below. And so you need to be following her on all of her social. What else are you on actually other than Instagram? I am on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and Facebook. Ooh, you have a YouTube page? Yes. I need to stalk you. <laughs> Um, do you have, do you have a relationship with your father? This is a typical Kenyan question. <laughs> now I'll give you a typical Kenyan answer, which is no. Is he still living? Yes, he is. But there's a lot of family drama that I don't involve myself in. There's a lot of things that we bump head, you know, bump heads on, like fundamentally as a person who he is and who I am. We just clash like as far as like when i was growing up i was like he was very strict and just your typical african father just strict and like i'm the law and you got you, as long as you're under my roof you'll do exactly as i say and me being like <laughs> the rainbow person that i am i was like no i don't want to go to college i don't want to follow this path that you've like set out in stone for me i don't want to do the things that you want me to do and that was a problem and i was like 
I can't do it. I try to go to school for nursing and, you know, try to follow the African path. And I was like, wait a minute, like this does not feel like what I want to do. I'm sitting in this biology class hating myself. Like this is a foreign language to me. Why the fuck am I sitting right here? Like doing all these things for the sake of pleasing my parents. So yeah, it's been a whole lot of family drama. But. Understandably so. I'm sorry about that. But understandably so as well. I'm, I'm with you in sisterhood. <laughs> um, what does dressing in drag make you feel like? It feels like freedom. It feels like reclaiming my power. It just feels like stepping into the world on my own terms and just owning myself. I like that. And other than performances, does your drag performance, does your drag persona ever come out to play? Like, other than when you're on stage? Does your drag persona have a name, actually? That's Magic Dyke, right? Yeah, that's Magic <laughs> I actually don't even, <laughs> I actually just learned on email the other day what your name was. I was like, oh, <laughs> when, when you were giving me your Zoom name. I was like, oh, like, who's this person? Yeah. <laughs> But no, Magic Dyke is not on my birth certificate, but I wish it was. <laughs> you can change that. I, I thought about it, but then I was like, nah, that's <laughs> not my, my truth for now. But um, Tell me about Magic Dyke. Magic Dyke was born, basically, my drag persona is a play on Magic Mike, the super macho man male stripper. And I was like, I'm going to be the gay version of that. So I was like, Magic Dyke. And basically, magic does come out to play in real life because as far as giving myself that space to explore my gender through drag gave my gave me, like outside of drag, the space to safely explore my gender. And I was like, hmm, I didn't learn I was non-binary until I started really looking at the whole picture. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Even when I'm not in drag, I still feel like the person that I am in drag, which is non-binary gender variant very expansive gender fluid person and i was like okay all right so there's in terms of my gender my sexuality that kind of is the same on and off the stage but my mannerisms change because it's like when i'm performing i gotta be like over the top so mm. and you have a day job right mm -hmm. how do you juggle that's a good question <laughs> a lot of balance a lot of trying to find that in between of you know, doing all I can do without overworking myself. Because working a nine to five is already exhausting in its own right. And then going to the weekends and like working two or three gigs every weekend, that can get exhausting. So trying to find that perfect medium of like, okay, I do just enough here and just enough here where I can be happy in both, both sides. And do you ever get time for yourself? I am scheduling more time for myself. So okay. before, especially as an introvert. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I don't make it a mission to spend time with myself, then I turn into a big mess. So I'm being more proactive instead of reactive. Sometimes we wait until it's too late to take a break. And I'm like learning that that's not really how to go about life. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, you have a partner? Yes, I do. Could you please share a little bit about that? If you please. Sure. So my partner, Dame Yankee, that's her stage name. 
we met essentially through the drag and burlesque scene out here in DC. We've met in December 2016, the end of the year is when she came into my life when I was like transitioning out of like a whole messy life situation like as far as like my mom had found out about my drag page I was just trying to trying to like get out the house I was like I need to move like ASAP so there was a lot of like turmoil happening all at once and then in came in this little angel that was just like hi you know I'm here and I was like okay why are you here I'm a mess like what do you want from me like it's like I'm basically living out of my car right now like but she pretty much provided the most amazing warm loving compassionate like empathetic embrace at a time that I was just like going through the mostest like I was mm-hmm. really trying to find myself and she just we've pretty much been inseparable since like the day that we met like talking every day she provides so much goodness into my life and it's been an amazing journey and just a few months ago I had a conversation with my mom and I was like, mom, one day I'm going to get married and you're not going to come to my wedding if you keep this up. Like, if you keep up your behavior, this is as far as like, you telling me that I'm demonic, you know? And I was like, you're going to miss out on a wedding because it's not a phase. It's been like five years and I'm still here chugging along, you know? And you're still here trying to pray the gay away. But being with Chelsea, it was Dame Yankee, whatever. Now you know her <laughs> real name. <laughs> I can edit this out if you want. Nah, that's okay. Okay. Like being with her has really taught me how to really stand in my truth. Like I was already on the path of that, but having someone who just loves you unconditionally and like one day I'm like, can I play in your heels? And she's like, yeah. Like, why would you not have that space? And I'm like, the people that I was with before you used to like really, really get on me for like expressing my feminine side, which was like wild to me. Cause I was like, at the end of the day, if I want to explore that side, it's like, there's no reason for me not to, but being a masculine of center woman, there's a lot of boxes that people place us in, even within our own communities. So having her there, I'm like, if you want to play with my corsets and my heels, go right for it. Like, I'm not going to stop you. And as a matter of fact, I encourage that. Like, you live your best life. So having someone there that just loves you through every form of your journey is life-changing. So I love She's her. us beautiful. That's... Um, one of those stories that they tell you um, when you least expect it then love will find you know just like I've been least expecting it for so long right now <laughs> no I'm kidding um, uh, she's a performer as well she's an amazing performer how long have you been together now we are gonna hit our one year mark officially right on the corner Um <laughs> that was a love heart just in case nobody can see obviously because it's a podcast your love for the performance art is, is is there times or are you currently thinking of creating your own music and and having your own like creating your own your own set your own performance with your own original stuff is that something that's in the pipelines like my own set as in like my own music yeah forming singing mm-hmm. yes yes I, if <laughs> i could sing it would be a whole mess like i'll be out here serenading everyone <laughs> like but god did not bless me with a pipe so i just really 
people i guess that's a that's a really big misconception with performance like lip sync performances is that people assume that because you you honestly you get away with so much that it's possible that it's something that you wanted to do that's actually that was what my question was if you were if you're a musician uh, no a lot of the drag queens are which is that's amazing to watch them like watching people transition from like lip syncing to like producing their own songs and like really telling their own story in their own words that's amazing and if i could do that i would trust me i'd be literally on all the social medias singing to all the ladies and whoever wants to take all this <laughs> Who are some of the people that you look up to in the drag community? Um, a lot of the people that I look up to are in the local scene. There's a lot of artists that I just admire so much. One of the peoples is Ricky Rose, Puerto Rican drag king who has been out here taking the DC scene by storm. Like as far as watching them unapologetically own themselves and their roots and like their culture so much really gave me the confidence to be like, okay, it's possible for me to both, you know, embrace my roots and my queer culture and combine them to make this like magical blend. So Ricky Rose is someone that I love and admire very much. And there's the Genesis who's a bearded drag queen, one of the first bearded drag queen that I've, that I've ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, like this is amazing. The fact that you can be feminine and have a full beard and own you know the fuck out of that i was like that is beautiful and there's just so many people that i'm lucky enough to be able to call my friends that i love and admire but basically all the people that are out here just defying the norms and being like you know i'm gonna do me whether you like it or not i'm still be here what do you think of the of the tv show pose have you seen it oh my god yes i do love the show like, right it is amazing watching these stories over here in the mainstream media is amazing and they're all the cast is beautiful literally everyone on the show is just like i just want to bow down every time i see them like online or you know at the next movie premiere, premiere just shutting down the scene and oh my gosh you saw movie. billy yes Oh my gosh, I'm so in awe. I only started watching it recently, like maybe like um, two weeks ago. And I watched like the whole of the first season in, in like a few days. It took me like, I was just like gobsmacked. Like, it's insane. And then also it's just like the, it gives me warm fuzzies. Like it makes me feel warm. That is, man, I love that show. In India more, she, I mean, they excuse my mis what's it called? misgendering them they retweeted me a while ago and i was when i say i was running through this house i was like <laughs> what 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 was the tweet they had reposted something a picture of me it was a picture from a photo shoot that i did a few years ago and they wrote this is an image of god and i was like oh, oh wow india more things i'm what yes i'm god Yes. Would, even now, I'm like trembling thinking about it because I was like, <laughs> that's a retweet I would frame. <laughs> I screenshotted that and it is bookmarked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when you're feeling like shit on the days when you feel like shit, just go to that bookmark. <laughs> that's literally the purpose of it. I'm like, if you feel horrible, just know that India more things that you're got. And I'm like, that's, that's all I need in life. Yeah. Yay. So, what does um what does the future hold for you? 
Um, lots of traveling, lots of speaking things into existence. And I'm really excited about that. The Cocoa Butter Club invited me to come out to their, I think it's like their triple X after dark show. And I was like, I live for all this freaky shit. So I was like, I'm there. I will perform. I'll buy myself a ticket and I will literally be there on the first thing smoking just to get the chance to like be with other black folks out here just to find the norm. Yay. And then? After that? I mean, just like in five, ten years, like what do you imagine? What is your, and I I really don't want to, you know, I really don't like that question generally. But like, I really want to know what your imagination looks like as opposed, I want to see what your blank canvas of your reality will look like, like paint it for me. Okay, so in five to 10 years, I will be an LGBTQ life coach. That's something that I'm working on outside of the drag scene. So that's something that I'll be very much so, like it'll be solidified by then. I will be still doing drag out here, really finding, in creating spaces for other people who feel like me, whether that be queer Africans or just black folks who are tired of being told how to live their lives. And I just see myself continuing to live openly and freely and hopefully helping other people find themselves and giving them the confidence to like step into the world. There's a lot of visibility issues when it comes to like black people being represented in queer culture and like just in general, there's not too many narratives of black gender variant people. And the only time we see us on the news is when we're dead. So it's like, we got to have some positivity coming out. Like, you know, when you, when you watch Pose and you see these people just like living their lives, you're like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be like them one day. I want to be in the movies one day. So my hope is just to keep expanding as an artist and to keep reaching people outside of my area in DC and just to keep growing, touching people's lives and making the world a better place. Amen. A rainbow, a gender non-binary. <laughs> um, have you always been in DC? Is that where your family moved to when you guys left Kenya? Uh, pretty much, like we've just been in this DMV area. Okay. Okay, cool. That's actually all I've got for you. That was painless. It was, thankfully, because I'd be getting nervous. <laughs> Why? I am still an introvert. Lip syncing is easy, but like when you have to, you can be like, okay, <laughs> nice, calm, and then get your thoughts out. Sometimes that can be hard for a quiet, shy person, but I did it. If it's any consolation, I'm an extreme introvert myself. See, that's so, why we get along. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. As always, it's such a pleasure to have you guys on here. I'm creating content for you. So if you want, feel free to send us an email with topics or guests that you think would be really dope for the show. We are host at thespreadpodcast.com. And please do not forget to like us on all of our social medias. We are at the spread pod across the board. That's right. We'll see you next time. Am